If your brand can use more effective and efficient ways to ignite growth, you've come to the right place. This is where smart marketers learn to leverage their own community to ignite growth in sales awareness and beyond. Welcome to the Rise, the community content marketing show. I'm your host, Jason Falls. Today, we are going to talk about going big, how to create a customer experience that makes people want to buy your products. That advice comes to us from New York Times bestselling author, Diana Kander, who is our guest today, her new book is called Go Big or Go Home, and it is a gem for those of us in marketing and sales. We'll dig into why and learn how to make our sales presentations, pitches, and beyond work better. Before we uh, do that, though, I want to make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button if you're watching us on LinkedIn, YouTube, or Twitter. The Rise, the community content marketing show is a streaming program and audio podcast from Scipio.ai, the leading community content marketing platform. Find us primarily on YouTube or LinkedIn. Just look for Scipio AI as the username and don't miss our stream show. We try to air that every other Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. If you prefer to just listen to the audio on demand via a podcast, search for The Rise, the community content marketing show, wherever you get your podcasts or listen, uh, search for rather an easy menu to subscribe. You don't have to search for it. You can just go to it. It's at scipio.ai slash podcast. All right, we've designed the rise to make efficient use of your time watching on the live stream. So let's get to it. Diana Kander wants you to go big or go home. That's the title of her latest book. She's here today to tell us all about it and make our customer experiences insatiable. Diana, welcome to the show. How are you doing? so excited to be here. How are you, Jason? <laughs> I'm very good. I'm very good. All right. So I want to dig in and make efficient use of everyone's time, including yours. So go big or go home. I love the title. What it, what inspired the book? Well, uh, it's a funny story, really. I've written a number of books. And one day I get a call from a CEO of a pretty successful experience design firm. They create experiences for uh, sports teams, universities, big companies. And he says, I want to write a book about our company. And I want to do it with you. And I said, well, I'm so not interested. I'm so sorry. I'm the wrong person to call. Good luck in your journey. And he says, okay, okay, that's fine. Will you at least come take a tour of our 200,000 square foot facility where we create stuff? And of course, I'm a curious person. I go to the, on the tour. And while he's showing me around, he points to something. He says, that's the world's biggest 3D printer. And I was like, that's cool. He said, we use that to print the world's biggest 3D thing. I was like, wow. He said, it's the new torch in the new Las Vegas Raiders stadium. I don't know if you've seen that torch, Jason. Uh, yes, yes. You can yes, see it yes. from every seat in the stadium. You can see it from the strip. Yep. And I said, how did a company out of Kansas City get a project like that? And he said, well, we have a move. We have a move to close big deals. And we call it LTF. And when we do the LTF on deals, like we usually close about 45% of the deals we pitch. But when we do this move, we close 90% of the deals. And I was like, oh, what does LTF stand for? And he said, land the beffer. Yeah, yep. gotcha. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I said, all right, well, tell me more about this move. And the more he did, and the more I talked to employees at the company and customers of the heirs where they did this move, 
the more I became obsessed with the science of how it works and why it works and how all of us can apply it to our own businesses. And by the end of it, I was begging him to co-author this book with him about this methodology. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, I mean, I guess he used the methodology. He on did you, it on huh? me. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. All right. So, um, so, well, I mean, let's give us a sneak peek. I mean, the, obviously there is a process to it. Um, or otherwise there wouldn't have been a book that came out of it. It would have just been some guy spouting off craziness. Absolutely. Uh, so give us a little bit of a framework of what, what goes into, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the process there. So the trick is to connect on an emotional level with your customers. And I'm sure the people listening to your show are like, of course, yes, we all want to do that. So the book outlines exactly how to do it and is by causing emotional spikes in some of your interactions. You know, most people, they say, when I'm done with my um, event or interaction, this is how I want people to feel. But we don't feel anything for an hour or an episode. We feel things for split seconds. Yep. And so how do we spike our prospects, our customers' emotional levels for those split seconds. And the book outlines five different things that this company does in order to create those spikes to allow you to connect on a much deeper level. All right. So the five things, I, I'm assuming you're going to go through them with us. I hope you are. Uh, I, I don't want to give away the book, obviously. No, but no, no. I'd it's fine. Yeah. I'd love to get a little teaser here. And and I want to frame that in the in the a, a way that the folks out there who, who are watching and listening can maybe sort of contextualize a little bit. There's a focus on the book on sales presentations, but I, I know it's bigger than that. Obviously it's a, a closing deals and whatnot. The ideas here are really all about creating that emotional connection and energy around the pitch. So take us through the five and explain how they might apply to a sales pitch. Yeah, I would love to. And let me, let me first say how it applies to your community. So if you're working with influencers to try to share your brand and they create content that is, mediocre and does not connect with your prospects or customers, you are wasting a lot of money. So you want to encourage your influencers to do one of these five things. And they spell out the word magic. You want, you want your presentations to have some magic in them. And here are the five tools that you have. M, make it surprising. A, analyze your prospects on a much deeper level. I, now I have to spell magic correctly. G. <laughs> no, G, yeah. Give the pitch in the right order, which most of us make a mistake in doing. I include three-dimensional objects and C, make them a co-creator. C, co-create. Okay. I like that. So I'm starting to think back of all of the different sales presentations and pitches and whatnot I've been involved in in my career. And other than the include 3d objects i think i can think of and giving an order you're right that we get that out of order a lot but the co-creation part i get the m and the a i get give us a little bit more uh a meat on the including a 3d object that one kind of strikes me as okay what does that mean yeah it's a huge piece of research that we break down in the book and basically a lot of us think that we have different learning styles, like we may prefer an audio book over a written book or to hear content in a certain way, but we all remember things in the exact same way, and that's visually. Mm -hmm. So if you can, if you write something, that's not as memorable as if you show them something. And if you show them something, that's not as memorable as if you can create some kind of three-dimensional object to create that connection. Hold on one second. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
for those of you listening on the podcast, she just took a drink out of a coffee mug with my big fancy beard on it. So how about Do that? Do you love that image? I, I feel like you should be AI uh, generated. This is a beautiful photo. It's very inspiring for me. Anyway. Oh my goodness. That's yeah. So now I'm never going to forget this interview. That's the point exactly. I think. That's it. It's, if you can take your message, which a lot of us are selling uh, intangible objects, we're selling ideas, we're selling services. If you can take that out of the invisible world and into the three-dimensional world, it becomes a lot more memorable. And let me give you a great example. A friend of mine is a cancer researcher, and he, his thing is he gets T-cells to attack cancer cells. So your own body to attack the cancer internally, no need for radiation, no need for chemotherapy, like incredible, right? But when he goes to cancer conferences, everybody has an incredible thing and they're all trying to say it to one another. So what he did was he created a model, a three-dimensional model of a T cell attacking a cancer cell. It's basically imagine a giant blob of different colors with little icicles of lights coming out of it, okay? Uh -huh. So he goes to these conferences, he plops it down on the table, turns it on, and then like moths to a flame, people come to him, what's that? Tell me yeah. about this. And so now people are listening to his idea because he brought it into the three-dimensional world. And, and once you understand the science and we break it down even more in the book, once you understand the science, you will never want to enter a room without a three-dimensional object, and you won't want your influencers to create any kind of content that doesn't include three-dimensional objects either. Wow. That's out, that's outstanding. And I would imagine that, I mean, obviously for people who are in the consumer product goods area, that's almost a problem that sort of solves itself. But I've got to think that's magic for B2B and services providers who don't have a 3D project to put in your hands. Of course. But in even for people in the product space, what you want to do is create a three-dimensional metaphor for what the product does for you. And the most successful product companies are the ones that create visual metaphors that make us laugh and smile. And that's what it is. It's, it's creating that connection for your customer mm -hmm. about what the product does for you or even just how much you care about this opportunity. I didn't just jump on to this interview today. I've been thinking about it all week. I messed with your photo. I found the best one. You know, I did background research about what would be appropriate. Yeah. So like, I care about this conversation and I want to demonstrate it. And that's what creating these objects does. Well, it certainly did it with the with with the interview today. Though, you know, as you were saying that, the one thing that three dimensional object that contextualizes the solution for me that popped into my head was the Staples uh, Easy Button. Yes. Right. Uh, I don't like that metaphor for a lot of reasons because I don't think things are easy, uh, especially when you're trying to market and work and all that kind of stuff. You know, that, it takes work. But at the same time, when you think of the Easy Button, if you it's made the brand connection, it's there. It's and Staples is a place where oh, I need to solve these problems. It's easy there, so it makes a ton of sense. Wow. And what you're doing is you're communicating on a subconscious level. And you know, one of the most surprising things in the book for me is that people were all making our decisions at a subconscious level and then just rationalizing. So you want to speak to the subconscious directly when you're communicating. And uh, there's some interesting research where people are put in an fMRI machine, like they were scanning their brains, you know, right. and they would ask them decision-making questions. And the researchers knew the decision 11 seconds before the person could vocalize it. Like your <laughs> body knows, your brain knows. And when we are pitching or communicating products, 
we're staying on this like logical, rational level, like here are the features and the benefits. And really the gut feeling of like, this feels right is made outside of, of that. Like those are necessary, but that's not how people make decisions. Yeah, that's fair. All right. So you you, you talk, you're talking about subconscious level sort of decision-making there. One of the things you also talk about in the book is how to create trust with prospects at lightning speed. Now, yes. I'm sure those two things are tied together, but tell us a little bit more about the lightning speed part. Yeah, well, when you have a limited uh, amount of time to interact with people, most of us will start by saying, hey, let me tell you a little bit about myself. Then I'll tell you about my product. Then I'll tell you about why you should buy from me. And people could care less about you or your product until they believe that you see the world the same way that they see it. Mm. And so our job at the very beginning of a relationship is to engage and to ask questions or to do something to show them that we see the world in the exact same way and then we can deliver our message so um, most of us get tricked in pitches people say tell me a little bit about yourself and we fall for it but you know what we're good at not falling for it when people say well how much do you cost we're smart enough to be like no 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 you tell me the problem, then we'll talk about it. I'm not going to just fall for that. Well, we should act the exact same way when people say, tell me a little bit about yourself. We'll say, no, 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 no. Let's talk about why you wanted to have this meeting, why you wanted to have this conversation and get them in so that they'll listen to the rest of it. Right. I, I love also too, um, you know, I'm, I'm a, a storyteller, a content person. I love that. And I think this is probably related to your, you know, tell the story in order kind of thing or give it all in order. Um, I love storytelling as an approach in any sort of sales or marketing, but you've got a bit of a cautionary tale about not doing that or not doing it so much. Do you not? Yes. So storytelling is a natural instinct, but that doesn't mean that it comes naturally to us. We've mm -hmm. all heard the story that goes on forever or has no point. You know, there are such things as bad stories and they destroy sales. So our goal is to be able to weave an interesting story. And in writing the book, I actually learned that I was telling my origin story all wrong. I was trying to be efficient with my time. And so I would say, you know, I am a refugee from the Soviet Union. I came here with nothing, yada, yada, yada. Uh, now I'm an innovation consultant to Fortune 500 companies. And I think that's the interesting part, but that's not the interesting part. You know, the interesting part is the struggles in the middle, and that's what people have connections to. It's uh, how funny it is that our family had four suitcases, but one of them was like one third or one half filled with just toilet paper. Like we had no idea where we were going, what was in store. It's the story of how I didn't know how to pay for college, so I found every loophole in the code to go to college for two and a half years and just get credit for the rest of it. Like that is my, that is a story of how curiosity was born in me as a mm -hmm. person. It's those struggles. And I was leaving out all the good stuff. And I think a lot of us leave out the good stuff that allows people to connect with us. Yeah. You know, you're uh, th this, obviously this, this new book, uh, you know, go big or go home or whatever it is. It's, 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 it's a really good book. But I actually kind of fell in love with your stuff with your previous book about curiosity. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the synopsis there. I don't want people to lose sure. out on that one because that's a great book. So the thesis is it's harder to stay at the top than it is to get to the top. You know, we all think launching companies is hard. Being successful 
continuously is even harder. And that's because success kind of destroys our curiosity. It makes us feel like we know our customers better than they know themselves. And when that hubris takes over and we start to feel like we know what we're doing, we stop being relevant to our customers. We stop asking those necessary questions. So that first book is all about how to maintain your curiosity and keep it alive so that your company will never peak. will just continue to feel like a startup. Yeah. That's interesting. I'm, you know, I spent a lot of time on the agency side of things and I was actually, I worked at an agency once upon a time and their whole goal, it's a different spin on curiosity. Their whole goal was our job in marketing communications is to make the consumer curious because we feel like if we hook them with the curiosity, they'll ask the questions they need to ask to come along the journey to get to the point to where they want to buy the product. Yes. Um, I wonder how that jives with sort of your spin on curiosity, which is, I think, a very different angle. Well, I think the at the center of Go Big or Go Home is not to like put it in their face, everything that you do and why you do it, but to say enough so that they ask you a question. You know, mm -hmm. that's part of the co-creation bit. Like, you want you want to create a situation where they're saying something and you're like, yes, and because they're creating some content, they're thinking about it in their minds of what's possible. So, uh, yes, if we can make them curious, then they're in they're leaning in. Yeah, that kind of ties uh, both books and, and concepts together in a really nice way. All right. I, th I feel like, I mean, this has been a very fast conversation, which is fine because we're trying to make efficient use of people's time. But I feel like we almost kind of need to tie this up in a bow. And so if you were to give people, um, uh, you know, a, a, a primer, two or three things they need to do today or tomorrow uh, to put this go big or go home philosophy uh, implement it for their businesses. What, how would you tie that up for them? I think that you should think about your sales process or your interaction with your customers like a movie and, and write out the different scenes. And then you can pick a scene and think about how to make it more special. It could be your signature line in your email. That's not the standard signature line. It conveys your personality. It could be something that you do on introductory calls or how you engage people. Like you can use one of the five tools, but pick a scene to start with, do something there and then see the amazing result that happens from putting in just a little bit of effort. Very nice. Love it. Diana, where can people find you and the books and all that good stuff on the interwebs? Can I tell you, Jason, I want to give them more than just the ability to find me. I want to give them a copy of the book for free. Uh -oh. I, I, believe, <laughs> I believe in this concept so much. So they could just email me. I'm Diana at dianacander.com. Tell me why they want the book. And I'm happy to send them the digital copy for free. If, if they're digital people, if you want the physical one, you could get it on Amazon. But I don't want the price of the book to stop you from understanding how powerful this idea is. Wow. I can't beat that, folks. Just email her. Get a free copy of the book. Diana, thank you so much for the ideas and the thought leadership here. Uh, I, I loved Curiosity. I loved this book. Maybe not as much as Curiosity. But pretty close. <laughs> I really I really enjoyed Curiosity. But Go Big or Go Home is the name of the book. It's fantastic. Uh, get it. And, of course, as she said, you can get it for free. Diana, thank you so much for your time and spending some time with us today. Thank you, Jason. All right. Uh, how about that? Can you can you can you beat that? I don't think so. So get yourself a free copy of that book. Fantastic ideas. I love the 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 you know uh, give it or include a three D uh, you know object in that. Uh, love that conversation. That makes a lot of sense now to me. So I'm going to start 
thinking about that. How do I represent user-generated content in 3D for Scipio? So that's the rest of my weekend. Uh, there you go. Uh, folks, if you weren't aware, Scipio.ai uh, has published our very own ebook uh, called The Marketer's Guide to Community Influence Marketing. And if you print it out, it's in 3D. How about that? It's a step-by-step -step guide to uh, plugging in uh, to your own community of customers, fans, and followers, identifying the influential voices among those people who already know you and finding influencers and content creators to fill your content coffers with user-generated content to promote you and into their circles of influence. For those watching on the live stream, we have a QR, I'm gonna, QR code I'm going to throw up there for you to scan and take you to the download page. For those who are listening in on the audio stream, the URL to go to is getscipio.ai slash guide. That's getscipio.ai slash guide. This guide will show you how to turn influencer marketing on its head, tap into the influential people you already know and who already know you, and leverage them to promote your brand products, messaging, and beyond. We've been doing this now for a couple of years. We've helped dozens of brands uh, find out how, and we want to show you how as well. So transform your influencer marketing into true influence marketing using your very own brand community. GetScipio.ai slash guide is the place to go. That'll wrap up today's edition of The Rise, the community content marketing show. Thank you for joining us. The solutions we're building to drive better commerce through your community include delivering UGC and community influence marketing content on scale. We do that using a lot of AI to surface both members of your brand community and the right members of said community to create UGC and influence on behalf of your brand. To find out more, just visit us at scipio.ai and hit the demo button in the upper right. The Rise is a production of scipio.ai. Be sure to follow us on LinkedIn or YouTube so you can never miss the broadcast. You can also subscribe to the show's audio on demand. Just search for The Rise, the community content marketing show, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for being a part of our community. We'll see you again soon on another episode of The Rise, the community content marketing show. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy. Tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.